you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you, folks. Thanks for taking the opportunity to, you know, tune us in and let us come across your airways with this broadcast. And it's just an honor to be with you. We have Kevin with us again. He's still out there in Utah looking out that uh, picture window he's got, brother. So, again, you're seeing these red mountains. You're seeing snow. Have you seen any animals yet? Um, I haven't been out in the mountains. To be honest with you, I took, my, I took a walk two days ago up the street and around the block, it's a pretty long block. It was about a 20 minute walk, but I'm at 6,000 feet and I was so winded. I said, I don't think I'm going to do any mountain climbing, but I'm sure there's some, there's some probably good. I, there was a lady in church talking last night that there was a bear at her leaning against her screen door when she went out the other day, uh, leaning, looking at her face because her husband was cooking bacon. But oh. uh, they're out there. <laughs> you know, brother, when you smell bacon, I mean, it completely changes your trajectory. You can still be, you can still be walking back to the coach, but your mind is not in the same place. I don't care who you are. You know, we, we, we don't have that kind of a power to get through that. You know, you're almost thinking to yourself, would it be all right if I said hello? You know, is that is that, that Costco extra thick bacon? You know, apple smoke. Oh, oh praise oh. God, man! Throw a couple yeah. of jumbo eggs on top of that, over mm. medium, man, and just just suck that down. Well, folks, we, you know, as we move forward, and uh, so we, you know, we started out Monday, and we said, you know, we got to trust in the Lord for healing, and we we talked about you got to get on the Potter's table, you got to let God heal you, you got to you got to put yourself in God's hand and say, God, make something of me, shape me into something, because I'm a mess right now, and you know, I'm standing crooked, and make a straight line out of me, do whatever you got to do, God, and and you know the Bible verses, you know what I'm talking about, and and then yesterday we were saying, well, we got to get better for the kids, for our friends, for you know, for our friends, kids, for our nephews or nieces, for, I, I mean, we've got a chance. We've got a chance at this generational thing of making it right. And the only chance we have is God. It's a great chance. It's available for us, but we got to step out. I even shared one of my silly army stories about, man, I knew the steps I had to take to be ready for promotion. I knew what I had to had to do to open myself up to be considered for promotion. And thankfully I got promoted through the ranks. I went as high as I could go. I got every promotion I could get. Uh, but folks, I made a decision that I'm going to do whatever it takes to be right for the army to use me. And, and that's something we have to do. That's something we as Christians, we as people whose lives have been upside down, we as people who've been hurt, and, you know, every time I, every time Easter comes around, this happens to me every time Easter comes around and I, I look at what God's been through and I, you know, it's hard to feel sorry for myself and say, well, you know, I had this knuckleheaded pastor and I had these knuckleheaded people and I had this knuckleheaded life. And, and, you know, Jesus is like, Hey, I went to the cross of Calvary for you. Mm. Are you ready? Are you ready? And I think that's what God's saying. And it's about joy. It's about doing it for our spouses. It's about doing it for our future spouses. It's about doing it for our families. And, and uh, you know, we get so angry. We get so caught up. And I remember that great verse for anger, anger endureth but a moment. In his favor is life. 
Weeping may not endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. And Kevin, I'm telling you, man, there's two kinds of Christians in this world. There's those that are plugged in. There's those that are on the table. There's those that are saying, God, I need your joy. I'm just not getting it out of life. I'm on the couch. I'm on the recliner. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not doing anything. And then there's those people, you know, they hug a little bit harder than everybody else. They cry a little more. They laugh a little louder. They're the first Mm -hmm. ones to call you when times are down. Be that person, Kevin. You know what I'm saying? These folks need to be that person. I need to be that person. Yeah, yeah. Help us, Lord. Um, In fact, as you're talking there, the joy of the Lord is is, is your strength. Nehemiah chapter 8. I I closed with that last night in the sermon. But, um, you know, that's the fuel. Don't pass pass the exit that's got the gas station thinking that the next exit will have it because it'll be closed. You know, don't don't say it'll be cheaper two exits down because you may not make it two exits down. Take, Take the joy. When you get it, the Bible says his, his mercy is new every morning. Joy cometh in the morning. So, but you know, we're talking about being um, kind of victorious for our spouse and our future spouse or whatever. And, and this is an excellent subject because honestly, I'm sure we have young people here not been married, whatever. We have people, old people that have been married beyond recognition, as I've heard it called. And whatever you've, wherever you're at, you know what? It's your joy is the best thing you can give. A smile doesn't cost you anything. They say it's less muscles to smile, but you know, it does take joy to smile. A fake smile is wearisome. I, I get that. We as missionaries, we're supposed to have a holy glow about us every time we walk into a church. <laughs> we used to tell our kids, when you go to the mirror, put a smile on and then put a thick layer of hairspray over your lips to keep that smile going. Cause you're not going to feel it. We were just kidding. But you know, the fact is you, you, it gets, we get weary of pretending to be something we're not joy. Jesus said, my joy give I unto you, not as the world giveth I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And I'm just so glad Doug that our, Savior has something for us that we can pass on to our spouses. My, you know, we're, we talked about vessels the last two days, a clay vessel, whatever, a, a vessel, a container, a decanter is given to fill and to empty. And so it, it, we're, we, God can fill us with joy if we, if we feel it's our responsibility to pour that out to someone else. And we're like, well, they're always taking my joy. Well, have some to give and God will probably fill it up again. And I, I get it. A narcissistic abuser will abuse. He, he wants to suck your joy out and he doesn't want joy. He doesn't want to rejoice in what you rejoice in. He wants to stop your source of joy. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the depression that comes into life. Let's let's say, God, make me what I need to be for my spouse. In fact, I was thinking the greatest textbook in the Bible for marriage is the Song of Solomon. And um, do you realize that Solomon uh, married a, a traumatized, a person who was raised in a dysfunctional home, who was abused by her sibs, at least her siblings, if not her parents, and, um, and I'll tell you why I think that there was maybe some narcissistic abuse. I can't be sure, but song of Solomon one six says, look at not, look not upon me because I am black because meaning heavily tanned because she was Jewish. 
uh, she was a Shunammite, because the son hath looked upon me, my mother's children were angry with me. They made me the keeper of the vineyards, but mine own vineyard have I not kept. So we are looking here at, at the chosen bride of Solomon. And he won her hand in marriage. We we think that he was dressed as a peasant going out among his people to find a bride and winning a bride based on his character and not on his riches, not getting a gold digger, but getting a, 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 a lover of Solomon. So he picked this girl out and she told him at the very beginning of the book, don't look, don't look at me. I am broken. I, I am uh, damaged goods. I'm a broken vessel. And praise God, he chose her anyway, and he poured into her the the glory of God, and she became, you know, the glory, as it were, of his kingdom, of his wisdom and everything. She became, it seemed like the happiest person on earth as a result. But that's that's what I think is, to me, a great um, example of what I want to be. Yeah, and you know, not only... You know, so often people look at marriage as a, a, a destination. Boy, I'm going to get to marriage, and uh, man, I'm going to get that person that I can put up with, that I love, that's going to be great, and life's all going to be wonderful. And uh, we forget that, you know, the marriage doesn't stop there. It starts there. And uh, when we get married, I mean, we've got a responsibility to be married, to be joyful, to be, to be tuned in. And, and those trials and these troubles that we went through, they, they stand in the way of such a great, meaningful relationship. They, they standing, stand in the way we could lose decades to trials we've been through. We can lose decades to narcissists who've hurt us. We, we can lose decades. We can, we can ruin a life, but you know, we got to remember we went through the book of Proverbs just before we got here. And we were talking about a merry heart, make it the cheerful countenance. And to me, there's nothing better than a great expression. You know, somebody who's smiling, you could, you can see their inner soul through that smile and boy, those negative emotions and stuff, they, they play on your whole family. But folks, we serve the God. We serve the God that changes all that. We serve the God that if we say, God, we need your help, get us out of here. You know what he does? He gets us out of there. You know, when we get stuck on some plateau somewhere, we can give up. No, we serve the God of all creation. And we say, Lord, I'm stuck. And he'll come along and he'll nudge you. His word will start working in your heart. Before you know it, your whole life will change. Listen, folks, we'll be right back. Let's let these stations do what they have to do. Doug will return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements. So over there in Proverbs 15, 13, we, we did the first part of that verse, a merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. And uh, folks, these sorrows, these things we've been through again, and we're always talking about choices. We're always talking about difference. And the reason we talk about them is because they're completely life changing. 
it, it's completely, I read a story earlier today and, and, and I get these like chicken soup for the soul, Facebook type of things. And, and somebody had reposted something from several years ago, uh, about this man walking into a restaurant and this lady, uh, who was his waitress, he told her, he said, man, you're a great waitress. This food is wonderful. And, and uh, the man, the backstory is the man was saying, man, the food is just average. He, I could tell this lady's really having a bad day. And, uh, but he kept talking to her and telling her, you know, this is great. Thanks for your service. Thanks for bringing me out more coffee. Hey, the extra bread is perfect. I'm great. I'm really full. And uh, just went out of a way to make a difference in her life. Left her a $100 bill and went over to the manager and said, hey, that waitress made a difference in my life. Well, a few, a few days later, he went on her Facebook, and this woman was looking for the man that stopped her from committing suicide that day. She, was out, she had a plan. She was going to drive off a cliff there in California, and uh, she had it all worked out where Dean Martin's son had went off the road. Probably, I'm sure Dean Martin's son may have been in an accident or whatever, but everybody knows the cliff there on Route 1 where you can easily get on a couple hundred feet and die in your car immediately. But folks, you never know how God can use you through these things. You never know, uh, you know, what you can be for your spouse. You'll never know what you can be for other people in your life. Just that right word, that right thing, the, the holding of a hand, the smile, the countenance that, that talks about a life for Christ, the countenance uh, that somebody uh, serves God. Uh, the generosity that comes through a soul like that, but but it means something. You know, there's a there's a side to this that some of us get stuck in and been there, been there for years, and that whole thing is we're stuck in our sorrow. Um, you know, we get that sorrow in our heart and we get stuck there and over and over again, that that pendulum swings and the clock just ticks away and we're mad and we're sorrowful and we're angry and we're hurt and we're like, why did this ever happen to me? And God says, I told you why. I told you over there in James 1. I told you that this is going to make you be someone who doesn't want. This is going to teach you patience. This is going to make you a wonderful human being, and people are going to see you, and they're going to see a light, and they're going to know you're different. And, Kevin, we need to be there, man. We need to be there in our marriages. It's not a destination. It's a daily journey. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's a volume you just said. Just, um, I mean, that needs to be bound and and uh, put on bookshelves. The, um, you know, again, the Song of Solomon to me is such a, um, a a tremendous textbook, and you, we could say that it also is a textbook on uh, how to deal with trauma coming into marriage. And if you look for it, it's in there. For instance. Uh, when we talk about trauma, we're talking about negative things. So marriage, it, like he says, it's not a destination. It's not something that we say, okay, it's going to be wonderful. I'm going to be the princess, and we're going to have the the knight in shining armor. Well, what happens when the knight in shining armor comes home from a battle messed up? Maybe he's missing a leg. Maybe he's uh, irreparably uh, hurt in his soul. Maybe he's just saw his best buddy, you know, gored with a, you know, a, some kind of a, a, a long, you know, one of those t long spears that they use. So what, whatever the case, I mean, what about it when something bad comes into marriage and, you know, it's the song of Solomon in chapter two, 
addresses these little negative things. And um, there's a whole bunch of great stuff in chapter two. But when you get down to verse 14, it says the, the, the king, the, the husband is saying, oh, my dove, thou art in the clefts of the rock, in the secret places of the stairs. Let me see thy countenance. Let me hear thy voice. For sweet is thy voice and thy countenance is comely. Now, he's asking for communication. He's saying, I want to see your countenance. And, and let me read the next verse because it all goes together. Next verse, take us the foxes, verse 15, the little foxes that spoil the vines, for our vines have tender grapes. So the the groom in this case, but it might as well be a bride talking to the messed up husband. And he's saying, I just want to be with you. I want to see your face. You can picture the the husband, the 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 shining armor knight, or the 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 lunk, you know, laying on the couch thinking, you know, I'm just going to lay here and play video games because, my, you know, I never see my wife's face anyway. She just sits here staring at her phone um, or, or texting her friends or going out with her, her girlfriends or whatever. Um, you know, it's it, either way. I never see my husband. He's just always out playing golf. I never see my husband. He's He's, um, I talked to someone recently with really bad PTSD, uh, combat PTSD, and he, he literally would wake up during the night with horrible flashbacks. And I said, how long, and he gets into dissociation where he does not feel, uh, that he is who he is. And we're not talking about a split personality. We're just talking about he's somewhere else and he's not, he's not even himself. And, and anyway, I don't know the depths of it, obviously, but as I was talking to this sweet couple, the, the thing was made clear. How long are you that? How long does that last? Oh, it would last a day. It would last a day. So, can you imagine the wife saying, I just want my husband back? Well, how do you deal with those negative inputs? And, you know, the answer, I, I think, he says in a very tender way, take us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vine. Notice the construction here. Take us the foxes. So the, this is a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, let us deal with your sin. You know, Jesus paid the price. And then he says, now br just bring it to me and we'll just watch it. And as far as East is from the West, we'll take it away forever. He he'll do his part. We'll just simply do our little old part. And it's, it's such a beautiful arrangement because it's a love arrangement. Take us, the foxes. And, uh, you know, the, the little negative things that come into marriage, we don't have to blow them up. They're little foxes. Honestly, what matters is love. What matters is that we decided we wanted to be married. But we have to deal with the fact that there's these negative things that are spoiling spoiling the good stuff that we really crave and that we really need. So we just work, we got to work together, but show, show our countenances, have a sit down and love and look at each other time. Yeah, do it, man. Do the dating time and many waters cannot quench love. Neither can the floods uh, drown it. And just remember that verse goes on, talks about how we can do things in a contemptuous type of way, but you know, love is bigger. Um, uh, than us 
because it comes from God. God teaches us real love. And uh, I mean, love can walk through fire without thinking. We, we all remember that. It goes all the way back, I think, Socrates or something like that. And now I think a country singer sings about it. But, but love can completely change you. And the problem is we forget that. You know, it's not that our love grows old. It's not that things uh, change. It's just that we allow ourselves to fall into a state of, you know, everything's covered, man. You know, folks, I'm here to tell you, you know, they say there's three states of a relationship. And you guys heard me say this before. They say there's a lust, rust, and dust. So I'm here to say that's wrong. As a guy who's been married 40 years, coming up a couple months from now, we'll be sharing four decades of our relationship. You know, the, the only way it becomes dust is if we let it. You know, we've got a responsibility to this whole thing. We're saved. We know Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. We got to look out for that other human being across the way from us. Uh, we got to make a difference. It's, you know, it's for our spouse, but it's, it's also for our relationship with God, our relationship with our families, our relationship with our neighbors. Do it, folks. Hop on that pottery too. Hey, tomorrow we're going to talk about how that light can change neighborhoods, lives, different things like that. Be a light. We'll see you in the morning. It's good to talk to you folks. May God bless you. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation, or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.